0: Customer experience design is the practice of designing products with a focus on the experience of the user. In this podcast, Phil Smithson of the On Off Group gives us a small taste of their process, utilizing customer experience design and how they use it to solve complex problems for their clients. He also tells us about a small startup he founded seemingly by accident called Learn to Gallop Fast and his recent experience as a mentor in Ideaspace. This is Tech Shake Radio. Startup stories from founders, investors, and influencers. So, we're joined today by Phil Smithson of the On Off Group Director.
1: Hi, Paolo. Uh,
0: <laughs> hi, Phil. <laughs> also, the founder of Learn Tagalog Fast and founder of UX Manila. How are you doing today?
1: I'm good, thank you very much. <laughs> I'm very good.
0: Yeah. I want to talk about the card that you actually gave to me. Yeah. It, it says, what problem are we solving here on one side, and how does this help our customer on the other side? Yep.
1: So the card means that, the, the, the two questions, we kind of, we made these cards. This was an idea of uh, Kristen Lowe, one of my business partners, actually, from the Hong Kong team. And the idea here is that we give these cards out to customers, and they use them in meetings, kind of like they, it's an, it's an orange card, okay, yeah. actually. So you know, in, like in, in, in soccer and football, okay. you have like a yellow or a red card. Yeah. So, our, the, the story behind this is that we want customers to use these cards in a meeting when they're talking about building new products or new services, mm. um, and someone's going kind of off track. Okay. Then we want people to kind of hold the card <laughs> up in the face and say, Wait, uh, what, what problem, problem are, are we solving, solving here? Right how does this help our customer <laughs> so it's like a, it's like a non a non confrontational way kind of thing it's it's still pretty confrontational because you're holding up an orange card but it's about um getting people back on track and um refocusing to make sure that they're focused on the customer because at the end of the day we're in business to solve customers problems whether we're a startup or a large company we exist because we <coughs> excuse me we add value to customers at some point so and if, we're, if we can't answer this question, what problem are we solving here? Yes. Then what, what the hell are we talking about? Exactly. <laughs> or so, how does this help our customer?
0: This is a card for the on-off group. So maybe you can actually, yeah, you can tell, tell us like about what you do in the on-off group.
1: Yeah, so we're, uh, we're a service design consultancy so a lot of people don't know what that means, and we spend a lot of our time explaining what that mm-hmm. means. <laughs> so service design consultancy, basically, in a nutshell, we help design better customer experiences for people. And part of that is doing research, learning about their experience. Uh, part of it is about you know mapping out their, their journey through the different touch points, and it's really the end-to-end customer experience that we're talking about. It's not just one little, it's not just one channel, like digital, or it's, it's the whole, everything affects my experience as a customer. Okay. Um, and we, we try and, kind of one thing we try and do is give customers visibility over that. A lot of companies don't know what their customer experience is. Um, so we, we help them. First thing is usually give, do some research and then give visibility on, on what we found. And then we'll look at how do we then design better experiences. Uh, and it's not just um, the customer experience, but it's also the employee experience that can have an impact oh, totally. on that as well. Because if you're looking at um, you know, the systems that the employees use can directly affect how responsive they are to customers' needs, for example. How quickly can I accommodate your request depends, perhaps, in some cases, on the system I have to use as a, as a customer service agent.
0: But what's your process like, though? How do you actually find out how the customer's experience is?
1: Yeah, so basically the, the first thing we do, we spend a lot of time doing uh, research and, and learning about first thing, our customer. like Who mm-hmm. are these people? Who are they as, as human beings? Getting inside their heads, creating things like, like personas um, to kind of figure out the different customer types mm-hmm. we have coming in. Um, and the, the, the main goal for this phase is kind of like the research is to identify the core problem that we're solving in quotation marks, whether we're whether it's a it's a real problem or um, whether we're we're you know optimizing a, an existing experience or mm-hmm. even creating a new experience, it's really intensive research phase. Is things like you know shadowing the customer, shadowing the employees, oh. perhaps?
0: So you actually like spend time with the customers,
1: absolutely. yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> um, is that's because because we have to because the those that's the. Those are the people experiencing the the service, and um, we need to understand it from from their point of view. So it's
0: not just about like handing out like forms for them to fill out.
1: No, no, we we, we get we do much kind of a deep dive on on fewer customers and really get to feel the experience from from their point of view. Oh, that's really awesome, and that, that can actually be can be very kind of persuasive for for bosses of companies to because. Mm-hmm you have a survey and a lot of data, it can be less persuasive, but if you have real kind of human yeah. stories coming up and, and real maybe videos of somebody using, using your site or using your experience, using your, your in-branch process or whatever, <laughs> that can be actually good, um, good kind of fuel for pushing pers- persuading the, our customers that they should care about their customer yeah, experience. Yeah. A lot of companies, uh, well they don't know what their customer experience is and maybe they don't care so much about mm. their customer experience.
0: So we talk a lot about UX, like UX, user experience, but let's go be, like back a bit. And I want to know, like, how you started. Did you even really want to do UX in the first place?
1: No, no. Um, I started off. Um, well, I always wanted to be a, a programmer actually when I was younger. My my brother okay. was, my brother was into programming, and uh, and and he kind of. So I was I was influenced by. Him. He was a bit older than me, but. I was influenced by him programming mm. stuff and making some some games and stuff when he <laughs> was when he was I don't know I guess when he was like seventeen eighteen years old and I was seven or eight wow, um, <laughs> wow. there's a big there's a big age gap yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, and then um, I went to uh, university I started off doing uh, accounting actually accounting yeah
0: <laughs> accounting then. How did that happen?
1: I well, my my dad's an accountant actually, so that was one of the things we kind of thought about doing accounting for a bit. Tried that (laughs) for a while, wasn't working out, (laughs) (laughs) so I switched to to software engineering. Okay. And then I I, I did a four year course in software engineering Mm. in the UK, Um, and then uh, then I came out here to do an internship Mm. as part of my third year actually at school, and then I went back to finish. Fourth year, and then okay. I came back, and then I got a job here working for an agency.
0: Why do you come here? I mean, like besides the internship, why do you come back?
1: Actually, um, well, I came back because there was a job offered actually, and it seemed oh, like okay. a nice kind of. I wanted. I think I think I wanted to experience something very different from the UK, okay. Yeah. Um, and try and try a different life because I've been there for you know twenty, I don't know, twenty four years or yeah. whatever. Um, so I wanted to you know experience something different because it's so different here. Everything's it's nothing <laughs> the same. Nothing's the same. Even the language. They say it's English, but it's kind of not quite. It's not British English anyway. So everything needs adjusting, and it's 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 it's, 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 it's genuinely more fun in the Philippines, as they say. It sounds silly, but it's it's really true. Um, so it's kind of, it's, you know, it's, that's why I wanted to come out.
0: And then, after that, after coming back, your first job was?
1: So I worked as a project manager in a, in a company used to make, uh, Java applications for... As a developer? So. No, I was a project manager initially, actually. Oh, okay. um, and then, so managing a small team of developers for a project and then kind of progressing through there. Um, so we, yeah, we started off as a, because the, the company changed quite a lot, actually over time as well. They, they, initially they were uh, like a offshore solutions provider or whatever you mm-hmm. want to call it. Like, so basically building software for people in, in Europe and America. Yeah. Um, and then they changed a bit to being a, what they called a web agency. Um, so they were just more, they moved away from Java to using more building websites and things okay. like that. And thinking about company branding and stuff like that. Um, and then they became uh, an ad agency for the local market. Okay. So we were we were working with large brands locally and building yeah. you know Facebook apps and mobile apps and websites for, you know big, big companies locally, competing with the other agencies like, um, you know Leo Burnett and mm. all those kind of people. It was, so that was the industry. So it was interesting to actually see the company change so much. <laughs> yeah. So it wasn't like as I was there for like uh, what five. Five years, I think, something like that, um, but the company seemed to change every two years, so it's like having a new job every couple of years, so it was, it was very interesting to see it grow and, and change
0: and from there, like how did you get your start in UX
1: um, so the, the start in UX because we didn't do UX really in yeah. in software engineering, it's really just about how do we build the software we're never We were never taught to think about the the user yeah. Which is, which is crazy. Uh, but we were never, for some reason, they, they, they skipped out that, that module from software engineering. Um, so the UX kind of came about in the agency, actually, is, because we initially were going from being a Java development software house, or whatever you want to call it, to then having to think about people's user experience on sites. Um, and I remember one of the first times when it became obvious to me that maybe we don't have the best process, mm-hmm. was we were, I remember being in in the office and the, uh, another project manager was managing this project and I was just watching him interact with the designer and we'd spent, you know, they'd spent a few days building these screens for for this, for this website. It was like a competition for a, a local brand actually and, um, or an international brand locally and, um, they they designed all these screens and then you know it took 3 4 days of revisions and stuff and then and they're like ah oh, you know what that doesn't make any sense we don't need that we should do this thing instead and then they jump onto that thing and then they spend a few days doing that and they went straight to design straight to photoshop okay. without actually it sounds so stupid now but without actually thinking about the user journey yes. and all the flows and stuff yes. and you know this was this was a long time ago yes. um, <laughs> so, looking back, it's weird. So that that kind of became obvious that oh, maybe we should think about the user experience kind of thing came up there, and then they we, you know, we created a, a user experience department in the company, mm. um, and then starting starting to do things like but just kind of things like wireframes at least, which was already a, a step up from yes, yes, that is, that is. from just going straight to design because it's obviously much quicker to revise a wireframe. Um, yeah. And then, so that, that kind of became, became part of the process there. Is, um, is I had the UX team and everything would, everything should go to the UX department first to make sure we kind of think about the user journey, the site map and all that kind of stuff and flows. And, and that was, so that was my first kind of, when I first became aware of UX, I guess, at the agency.
0: Then trans- like um, transferring your knowledge to like UX Manila, was it something, was it like a quick transition towards there or did you? Did you have to build, did you have to learn more things? What did you study? Uh,
1: no, it was, it was a pretty easy transition because we were just kind of doing the, the same thing. Our, our idea for, one of the frustrations was that um, because it was an agency now, we were working with companies that um, the projects we were working on weren't really like adding any value to customers. Honestly, yeah. they weren't answering the question on the card. <laughs> we weren't really helping our customers. It was more just about how do we sell more products, and um, you know, for for things like for for F, FMCG kind of brands and all that kind of stuff. So boring, stuff that would, you know just didn't really feel like having any impact on the world at that point. So we wanted to set up UX Manila with the goal of um, working on on. At least working in a way that would um, put the user first and think about them, and how can we make, how how do we do something good for the user and and make, how do we make their life a little bit, a little bit better in some way? Mm. Um, so that was that was the that was the, the, uh, the drive for starting uh, UX Manila.
0: Let's talk about learn Tagalog fast. Cause yeah, that's, that's really interesting. Actually, also for learn Tagalog fast, what what made you? Actually, think of making this app or this program. Um, yes,
1: yeah, so obviously, being a being a foreigner in the Philippines, I have been through that journey of, of adjusting, I mm. guess, um, because it's not it's different here. That's that's all it is. It's different to living in the UK. You grow up in the UK for twenty four years. You think this is the way things are in the world. Mm. And then you come here and it's like, everything's different. You're like, "Huh? Oh, okay, it's not. That's just a small worldview I had in the UK. Yeah. And in fact, you come here and you think the Philippines has got a different worldview. Mm. And then it makes you realize, oh, there must be different worldviews all around the world. There's not just one way of, of viewing the world. So there's a big adjustment coming here. Um, and, and one of the things I, I think helped me adjust and helped me enjoy life here is, um, is learning the language. So I, I, since the beginning, I've always been trying to learn Tagalog, and, and initially, I remember just getting a few kind of phrases and learning like...
0: what is the first phrase you learned?
1: A lot of basic things like, you know, Kali and stuff, but the, <laughs> one of the... One of the and it, it, since the beginning, I was always trying to, <laughs> trying to learn, like, like, things that I knew would make people laugh. Okay. okay. So there's one thing was Anang Balita Chong. She's like, oh, yeah. what's what's, what's up, news? dude, or yeah, what's up, man, or something. Yeah. What's the news? Yeah, <laughs> it's like uh, it's a very casual, very casual way of saying yeah. how's it going, kind of thing. <laughs> um, so it's uh, so when I and I said that to somebody, just practicing, and you know they laughed, and then. It's like, oh, this is fun. It makes me want to learn more, so, so you learn more things, yeah, and, and I've got a I've got a repertoire now of like things that I know are gonna make people laugh because <laughs> yeah. it's great It's fun. There's always such a good reaction to speaking Tagalog, yeah. and uh, it's genuinely it makes you feel really welcome here yeah.
0: Do you have an app or do you have a program that you do now for let's learn Tagalog fast?
1: Yeah, so how we started was um because I had the idea for a long time. Okay. I knew that I've got these friends and they don't know how to, not speak, they don't speak Tagalog. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm, I'm here speaking Tagalog and really, really enjoying it. Oh, yeah. um, it's not like going to France or Germany or wherever and learning the language. Um, but here you speak a couple of words and you feel so welcome. So I wanted other people to kind of experience the same thing that I experienced mm-hmm. there. Um, so, so I had the idea, I didn't do anything with it for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, Man, this is so annoying. <laughs> what, what's the first thing I need to do to take this to the next step? Mm-hmm. Um, I was annoyed at myself for not having moved on this thing for like two years or, or longer. And um, so the first thing I did was like, I went to a restaurant and um, I wrote uh, five different email lessons. Okay. So every, for a sort of five, mini five day course, um, and I write down a nice email lesson teaching them something. For every day, put it into Mailchimp, um, and then I shared the link in um, in a couple of expat Facebook groups for selling mm-hmm. products and stuff. And I was like, "Hey guys, I built this thing. Mm. Um, I'm not sure if it's any good. Mm. It's free. Um, could you try it out, test it, give me some feedback?" And man, we had like 300 signups from that. Wow. Okay. So I was like, "Okay, so people <laughs> people do want to learn the guy look. Okay, because that was my first question was mm. was what if nobody wants to learn tagalog mm. and i wanted to i was like okay how do i how do i find out easily mm. cheaply yes. and quickly so i wanted to validate that there's a, like a market need yeah, for okay. that i guess um so that's that's what i did with the email program so i was like okay so there's people who are interested in learning tagalog in uh mm. in a well cuz there's for me there's there's two kinds of of tagalog to learn one of them is like super like you know everything and you can read books in Tagalog, yeah. Okay, <laughs> I think most people here don't need to know that. Yeah. There's another level of Tagalog which is like conversational yes. or functional Tagalog. Mm. So we're, we're focused on making people um, functional, making sure they can work in different situations, different mm. goals. So actually, we've just been revising it there. So we've got the different goals, like office situation and meetings. Oh, nice.
0: So they're the very situational, like for the very, office. Very, very situational,
1: yeah. Because yeah. yeah. that's cool. kind of all you need in the Philippines. You don't need more than that. Yes, yes. Um, and as long as you can do most of those situations, then you can already, a lot, I, there's a lot of overlap, obviously. I like
0: your number eight.
1: <laughs> Dating. <laughs> we weren't sure whether to add that or not, to be honest. We haven't, we haven't done that one yet. That was uh, that was a result of a brainstorming session. Okay, <laughs> we haven't done any content yet for that, but yeah, I think for sure, like yeah, some people yeah. um, are interested in that. So mm-hmm. meeting members of the opposite sex is. is uh <laughs>
0: <laughs> so so how how is it now? Like, um, do you have a lot of users? What are you doing now for? Yeah.
1: The, so uh, it, uh, now um, we've got. So the first thing was the email program and yeah. that was got a lot of feedback and I was like, okay, so then the next step actually was I made a uh, plan for an offline course. So I translated mm. the five lessons into um, 10 sessions worth of, of offline material. Mm. and that was last year. And I, again, I wasn't sure if the material was any good or if it was mm. useful and I wanted to validate that. So I did the same thing. I put it on Facebook and I said, would anybody interested in be interested in five hours of free Tagalog lessons mm-hmm. one- on-one? And uh, because I'm testing out this material yeah. and I'm not sure if it's any good. And of course, you know, 50 comments saying, yes, 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 mm. yes, yes. No, no, shit, okay. Too many people. Um, <laughs> so I picked a couple of people and then did some kind of trial, some pilot, pilot project, if you like. Mm. Um, tested out with them and get some feedback, got some good feedback. They liked the material. They liked the teaching style as well, which was something mm. we, which we are kind of, we. that's one of our unique selling points is we're, we're different in the way we teach, we focus on speaking. Okay. Um, we don't have like, you know, loads of exercise books and loads of fill in the gaps, grammar kind of stuff. It's not it's about, because exactly. that's what you need in the Philippines. You don't need to learn how to write no, or read no. Tagalog. You need to learn how to speak and interact with people and mm-hmm. and get out of these, get in, you know, handle these different situations and scenarios. Um, so yeah, we don't focus on like the the cat sat on the mat or like the <laughs> yeah, boy like has a red shirt. Yeah. yeah like okay how does that <laughs> help me i can't use that at the sh- at the mall or whatever yeah. so um, so we, we try and that's why it's it's learned the fast because we were focusing on on speaking so in the lessons it's really most of it is is speaking mm-hmm. and it's coming up with examples and it's kind of making the connections there between the new words you have at the back of your head mm-hmm. and like the frontal lobe of like i'm in this situation oh, i need yeah. to i need to use these words so in in the session we try and practice that and try and build up the Try and make the recall easier when you're in these scenarios. Interesting. So also we have, so we got the email, yeah. that was the first step, and then it was the, uh, the offline lessons. Mm-hmm. Um, and around the same time as that, my friend came to me and said, um, hey, Phil, we should make the, the email content into an app. Mm. I was like, okay, do it. So he went and did it. I didn't have any, <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't do it. He did it himself, Like he, uh. <laughs> he designed it. <laughs> in quotation marks. And, um, and he built it, in quotation marks, no I'm kidding. <laughs> um, he built it and it's, it works on uh, Android and iOS. And uh, we, we, he built it, he, he uploaded it to the Play Store actually first and um, then we forgot about it. It's free, we forgot about it. And then we check after like six months and we go, oh shit, 5,000 downloads. How did that happen? Like, okay, so there's an interest in this. And so now we're at 20,000 plus downloads, oh, okay. uh, which is like totally unexpected. <laughs> it came out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, the funny thing, we're getting good reviews as well, obviously. Four and a half uh, stars on, on the That's Play good. Store. Yeah. And um, like one of the things that annoyed me about the app was that the, there's a couple of major UX issues that I saw. Um, <laughs> That's
0: why Concord Design.
1: But uh, <laughs> but uh, but no one no one complained about the UX, well, which is interesting. The content was good. Man. People were just saying yeah. how you know giving ratings based on the content, even if there's a there's a, there's one like if you press back it exits the app instead of going back, <laughs> and it was driving me crazy. But no one's no one mentioned it in the reviews. I'm like, that's weird. <laughs> okay. Uh, so so yeah, we got the app now as well. We have got a premium version of the app as well with more nice. content. And we're working on generating more content for that right now.
0: Is that a brand new app from before?
1: It's it's using just using the same template, just with more content. Uh, it's a really simple app. Um, it's just yeah, clearly the selling point of the app is is the content and the way the way in which we write it and we make it, you know, focused on situational stuff. Um, so just yesterday as well, the next thing we're doing is um, video lessons. I don't know if you saw that on. I did. I see. Yeah, the, the the one,
0: uh, magbeer tayo, which is yeah, so which I, is basically let's have a beer, right? Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I did like five video lessons yesterday based on the email program, mm-hmm. um, like a micro lessons. I call them like two minutes ish per lesson, um, and it's just me talking and explaining the different topics for that lesson. Um, so we launched that yesterday for free again on YouTube, um, again just to validate. Validate I guess people are interested in um in in video learning. Yes. Um but it was more to validate how do we make the videos. I don't know, you know, I don't have a video team. Yeah. Um so more just to practice making the video and making mm-hmm. something that's kind of adds value to people's lives and you know, <laughs> solves the problem for them. <laughs> it always comes back to the cards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so so we had some good feedback. We had a few people subscribe to the channel already. And I just, about two hours ago, I sent out an email to the, to the mailing list for the email program, saying, here's the, here's the video lessons. Are you interested, kind of thing. We're just testing it.
0: But you reach more people that way, at least, like yeah. in
1: terms of videos
0: mm. versus like one-on-one classes
1: yeah I, yeah i guess yeah i guess yeah so we're gonna see how that's that's <laughs> something we, we just launched it so i guess we're gonna see how that does we're probably gonna planning on doing uh um some like a like a podcast actually awesome something like, like that for the Tagalog. yeah some kind of again micro podcasts i guess because it just requires a little bit less planning and it's easy to set up and, <laughs> um trying to keep it light and fun yeah. and and maybe interview some students and things like that as yes. well and and so that's, that's one of the things we have in the pipe as well right now.
0: But on our way here, like on our way into, our, into your room, um, we, there were like a few people from idea space walking out. Yeah, so I, I want yeah. to ask about like how your experience as a mentor now.
1: I really, really like it. You enjoy it? it? I really enjoy
0: it. You, you also did that during UX Manila, right? Like you kind of also mentored people, taught people, but how is it different from your experience now?
1: We did a lot of, um, like workshops before, mm-hmm. like it kind of, two-hour UX workshop for a lot of students, actually, last, uh, last year. Um, and, um, so that, but that wasn't, didn't really feel like mentoring, because it was kind of, we go in, we teach them UX, okay. and then we go away and we never right. see them again, which is a shame. Um, so with the idea space stuff that we're doing now is, is really, really good, because we really get to follow the, follow the startup mm-hmm. from the beginning to validating their products yeah. and, and, and helping them solve team problems and things like that. Um, so it's I really and it it feels like um, when you get you know they seem to be enjoying it, and they seem to be learning, and you see the progression actually of them going along um, and there 's a lot of different mentors mentoring them on different things as well so there's there 's a marketing mentor there's a there 's a, there's a, there's an attorney uh, for for the legal issues. There's a value proposition person yes. and there's, there's all these different kind of mentors which is really fascinating. So, so the, the teams get to learn from everybody and you really see them progress um, from, through the journey. And so you, you, you meet them regularly and, and you know, it's, uh, it's nice seeing the teams learn from that. So yeah, we just had a session this morning which was, um, um, we won't mention the name but they, had a, they have a problem um, regarding their, seems to be, well how they're working as a team and also, their product validation is an issue as well right now. Okay. So they haven't really validated that their product solves a problem for their customer. <laughs> okay, um, back to the always comes back to the cards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was this this actually this stuff you can see on the whiteboard behind me yes, is um, we did a we did a retrospective meeting. So
0: yeah, can we talk a bit about it? Sure. It, on the left so, side, it says continue or good Yep. then stop bad on the right yep. so what do you sorry i want to read what's on the stickers so there's be creative laugh be optimistic okay and what's in the bad side so uh, well, genera- <laughs> everything in the bad side because we okay so i'll explain what we did okay so
1: you have three columns things going well things we want to continue okay. doing in the good things we want to stop doing okay. um and then after we oh, yeah. after we've done the first two things then we, we go, how do we improve mm. those things? So, and then we categorize the different uh, bad issues into different kind of solution oh, okay. areas yeah. there. Um,
0: so that's why I was wondering, like, whoa, you guys are doing well, because there's the bad side's pretty yeah. empty, but.
1: No, no, no. <laughs> no, 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 All the bad so, things have gone into the improve now. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. So when you, if you would to come in this morning, actually I took a picture this morning, uh-huh. and there was just so many things in the, uh, in the bad section. Um, so we spent like f- <laughs> we spent the first um, fifteen minutes in silence. Mm-hmm. I give them a pen and a, a pad of post-it notes, mm-hmm. and they write down good and bad things. Okay. And then they stick them all on the wall, um, and that's how it looked this morning.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> then they stick them all on the wall, and then we discuss together about the bad things and try yeah. and say, okay, how do we? What do we need to do to stop these things happening again? Um, and then we, we categorize the, the different improvements into well we've done, one, two, three, four, five, or four different solution areas, mm. depending on just what comes up naturally from that. So there's, there's no fixed ru- rule for the improvements. It's just like, where did, you know, we, we take them one by one, actually. So we went through about, I don't know, 50 bad points Definitely this morning, bad. one yeah. by one, and figured out how do we, how do we solve them.
0: That's interesting because um, your experience is more on like, like user experience and stuff like that. But how does this relate to your? Yeah? I,
1: I think th- I think there's a, there's a lot of overlap here because mm. um, it's really for me it's really everything we do, everything we we build, we create. It's all about human interactions and human experience. Mm, yes. um, so using that as the base, it's quite easy. To just kind of use, I guess, using using your empathy um, to, to help understand, help the team understand what they're going through as well, what's mm-hmm. causing the problems. Um, having that experience doing that with, with customers yes. translates easily to working with teams actually. Yes. Um, and so it's, but it's really, you know, like this is always a problem, okay, with all these startups is always communication. Well, maybe not always, but very often it's all about um, why you know, transparency and visibility on, on issues, on problems, talking to each other, even down to things like tracking the work we're doing, mm. making sure that we're, we have regular checkups and yeah. we're making progress and we're working together as a team. Are we communicating well to our stakeholders? Yes. Um, everything like that. It's all very often about communication. Um, and it's—I remember being uh, studying software engineering, um, something about project management, and they were telling us, you know, the biggest problem you have are going to have is not are not technical problems. The biggest problems you're going to have are around communication. Mm. And when you're, you know, twenty, you're like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I need to fix this database thing. Yeah. Uh, and then you start work and you start a business and you realize, mm. wow, actually, yeah, all pro- so many problems—are down to bad communication. Mm. Um, so so yeah, I really enjoy helping the startups because they, they come in with a problem and they don't know how to solve it. And then I kind of help, first thing I help do is kind of get out from each of the team members what are the problems, put mm-hmm. them all on something visible where we can talk about it. Yeah. And then, then we solve it as a team. Yes. It's not me telling them this is the solution, mm-hmm. it's me helping them find the solution. And I really like that, I really enjoy that, that part of the work.
0: It's great, and I think you just really enjoy solving problems or actually finding out what the problems are. And I think that's the biggest takeaway in this podcast. That's interesting, you should yeah. look yeah. for the problem first. What problem are we solving here? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. I should give more people these cards. Actually, you can take someone. Show it over to them. So, so I wanna, I want you to like plug your different things. And how can people reach you? How can
1: people learn Tagalog fast with you? So they should uh, check out the Facebook page for Learn Tagalog Fast, yeah. check out the Facebook page for, everything's on Facebook these days. Yeah, exactly. Uh, on-off group on Facebook, and also Design Thinking Asia. Design Thinking Asia. So we're doing a lot of UX training around in mm-hmm. Southeast Asia.
0: So you can also talk a bit about that. Like, what do you do in Design Thinking Asia?
1: So we do, we do like, we have event, we're trying to kind of build a community around Design Thinkers, because okay. uh, Design Thinking is, for me, there's so much overlap between these things, it's hard to separate them. Yeah. Design thinking, human-centered design, yes. user experience, customer experience. Yeah. Ugh, I don't know. I'd rather talk about what they have in common than what they than how to define them, because how to define them is just an endless never-ending um, conversation. Um so, so there we're doing everything around those different topics. Mm. Um, one we do regularly is uh, we do user experience training mm. about once a month or so in Manila and also in Hong Kong. Okay. Uh, we do service design training in, in Hong Kong. Um, we're trying to bring that to Manila as well. Um, not just Manila actually, also we've got a couple of UX events coming up in, in Cebu and Davao oh, nice. uh, later this year. Well, we're kind of experimenting actually because uh, we don't know if there's, a, if there's a market there for UX yet. So we're,
0: yeah. So that's Design Thinking Asia.
1: Yeah. On-off group.
0: On-off group. Learn to gather Fast. What else? What else do you have going on? I think, uh, Besides your security bank interviews. <laughs> <or something? laughs> that, was, that was fun.
1: I enjoyed that. But it was, it was really weird.
0: <laughs> You're a celebrity now, apparently. Apparently,
1: yeah. <laughs> just the, uh... Just, just, yeah. just the mentoring, I think, for the idea space mentoring is something I do. Space. Yeah. Um... I think that that feels the most rewarding, that's the mm. word, because it's very rewarding seeing these people, because they're usually very young people as well, um, and they have a lot to learn, and they're learning, they're learning by doing these people, mm-hmm. uh, which, is, which is how I like to, that's why I do the, the YouTube video, I do the yeah. email program, just like, I don't know, I don't know what this thing looks like, until you've done it, then you know what mm. it looks like, and then you know more about it, and then you can start to say, okay, it should, you can choose the direction of it. So I'm really uh, kind of a learn-by-doing kind of person.
0: All right. Any last words?
1: Thank you very much. Say it much. in
0: Tagalog. Salamat. <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much, Phil, for joining us. Thank you us. very much. <laughs> I want to say thanks to Phil Smithson for this wonderful podcast and letting us do it in his office, the on off Group office. And of course, JR Arguelles for the awesome sound production. You can find him at jarguelles.com. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to TechShake Radio.